Known for their innovative style, please welcome Better Buddies. Welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Calvin. <coughs> slowly dying. That's fine. Slowly and dying. James. Hi, I'm also slowly dying, but you can't hear as much of my voice. That must mean it's not true. Get back to work. Yeah, well, or maybe no one's listening. No one ever listens to RJ. <laughs> James, that's so sad. RJ, that's not my fault. It's not my fault I'm too busy talking. I can't hear all the people listening. <laughs> that's uh, that, wait, that's wait, like wait, a no, back up one step. You're so busy yeah. talking, you can't hear the people listening. Yeah, that's like a that's like a talking head song. Somebody write that. Somebody get on the keyboard and just bang that out. That's one of those like really it, profound things they post on our shower thoughts, and then like you think about it for five more seconds and realize it's super dumb. Yeah, it's dumb because it's true. Who <laughs> hasn't talked so much they can't hear people listening? Maybe here isn't the right word, but it just pairs well with the kind of general theme of the sentence. It pairs well, but it's absolutely the wrong word. Yeah, welcome to English, buddy. <laughs> I'm just sorry. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, you know that you know these roads. Yeah, I do. we built these. Roads. We had an entire uh, episode on the show uh, donating to English majors because they chose a poor life choice. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Like, I think it really depends on what you do. Like. No, it's not. It's really <laughs> just. No. I mean, no. Like, obviously, if you're going into an English major, like, I can't wait to exit a uh, liberal arts college and make sixty thousand dollars a year. It's like, really? Then why did you go to a liberal arts college, you fucking idiot? Um, <laughs> wow. But, but you can, like, you can do quite a bit of work, like, depending on what you studied and really how much you put yourself into it. But the problem is, is like, I know for a fact I saw a lot of people in college. We're doing English and they weren't like there was no like forward thought of like application. It was just like, oh, I guess I'm going to go do this and then I'm going to get a job somehow. And it's like, that's yeah, probably not going to happen like that. <laughs> Unfortunately, gonna write, we're not going to write the next yeah. great American novel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hasn't been another one since Great Gatsby. And even that wasn't recognized in its time. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> I guess it depends on your definition of a gr- of the, the great American novel. Like Twain is the first. Twain oh, is kind of the go to, and then people. What was the other one? Uh, um, well, it was it was Gatsby? But people called some of Hemingway's stuff the next great American novel. I think they called The Sun Also Rises that mm. as well. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd give that credit, but I haven't read it. I guess would you call uh, would you call Catcher in the Rye? Great American novel. I, I would call read that it. Either. Really? Oh yeah. shit! That one. That one's but actually that pretty one also good. Also killed a beetle. So I don't know if I want to give it any credit. Killed uh, a beetle. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I killed John Lennon, the guy who uh, Mark David Chapman read Catcher in the Rye like eighty billion times, and then he was like, "Oh fuck, I get the subtext." The J.D. Salinger wants me to kill John Lennon. Okay, <laughs> I, thought, I thought he had like little people in his head that were telling him what to do. It was both. it was that too. He was um, suffering so from psychosis. Yeah. He was suffering from psychosis. Had the little people in his head telling him what to do, and was obsessed with Catcher in the Rye to the point where he thought he was like. Like, the main character was mimicking his life. If I remember correctly, he actually went and visited a prostitute in it that was, like, wearing a similar outfit as described in the book, which made him go, ah, yes, it's confirmed. I am this person. <laughs> and then he killed John Lennon. Interesting. Poor John. Well, that's what John Lennon gets for beating women. Take that, John Lennon. You know, that's... Have you guys ever heard the story, supposedly, of how him and Yoko Ono met? No. no, but Yoko Ono killed the Beatles, so she deserved yeah, it. Well, yeah, she maybe, was the second. She was, she, was, yeah, she was the Asian Mark David Chapman. Um, or he was the white Yoko Ono. Um, no, supposedly one of the urban legends around how John Lennon and Yoko Ono met was she was doing like an art installation in Los Angeles or New York, like some one of the coastal cities. Yeah. And there was an apple, a green apple on a pedestal. And John Lennon walks in, and this is, like, very avant-garde, experimental, like, hoi-toi, whatever. He, he's, like, kind of in this world, but he also thinks, like, 
he's the guy who really likes just fucking with people. So he sees this like apple that's just on this podium and he comes and he takes a bite out of it. And uh, Yoko Ono starts coming up and uh, she's like yelling at him and he slaps her and then she punches him and they get in a fight. And then like a week later, they're dating. What a way to start a relationship. Um, Yeah. And that's why uh, the white album, I think it's the white album is the one with the apple bitten out of it. Huh. I think, I think that's supposed to be a reference to that, but I could totally, that could be totally off. I could be totally like miscorrelating or neat. Uh, was, was the apple like an art installation? Did I miss yes. that? No, that, yes, that was yeah. part of the story. Okay. So yeah, the apple that. was, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. John ate the art and then the person yeah. showing the art beat him up. So nice. he dated her. As one does. Of course. I mean, you find a woman that, uh, that driven, where uh, she's not, she's she's not gonna take any of your shit. She's gonna deck you one if you fuck with her art installation. It's like, all right, you're a beetle. Yeah, yeah. Especially you're a beetle. beetle. That was like punching Jesus Christ. Like that was like <laughs> he decked. These are some random Japanese sound experimental artist, and she punched John Lennon. Insane. That's crazy. I don't even know if there's a comparable like. Uh, analog i could make in the modern day to that i have no idea but um go on for having guts the taylor swift mic drop Ooh, you're talking about the kanye stuff yeah that was a while ago but that's kind of close i suppose that's almost a weird reverse though because it's like he ah no actually that's actually not a bad point um I mean, There's I'm just all, thinking there, of it in the context of like two artists, one like super famous involvement on at least one of them, if not both, and mm-hmm. disrespecting each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the there's a lot uh, going on in the Kanye uh, Taylor Swift um, little scene. That that's an interesting like psycho celebrity episode uh that like psycholibidinal that will be unpacked for a long time i feel um because that was when like a lot of people argue that without that uh taylor swift may have actually like not sustained as well really yeah they like i think it's a pretty that she was pretty popular even before that she was but that catapulted her to like instant because it wasn't only fame it was like sympathy but it's a really cynical take i think to say like the only reason she got that big was because people felt bad for her it's like i don't know about that for you (laughs) yeah like you got you got to have a modicum of like talent is there everybody's industry plan yeah (laughs) i well okay with the billy eilish thing i will defend this maybe she's not like cia didn't clone her in a lab and like (laughs) shove her into a recording booth when she was 14 but her parents are both musicians they have to know people her like she comes from a very musical performative family who lives in california like she is the closest thing to an industry plant that you can get she was literally so your idea of an industry plant is just someone who has connections no someone who is literally bred with the intention of being a superstar which she absolutely was i think part of it if i understand the situation is it's all because i've always gotten the impression that eilish is like self-made slash was discovered compared mm-hmm. to like having those connections i never knew she had the connections yeah and... see that's james's point he, they just want you to think that yeah which i know um yeah pairs well with a slightly similar situation that i am slightly more knowledgeable on but not by much yeah. justin bieber where yes yeah he was youtube but he also got picked up by like dre or something dre wasn't it yeah, Usher. Usher, that's who it was. Yeah, he yeah. Like got picked up right away, but they kind of like hit that part. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he probably got like groomed, and I mean that in the in the professional sense. I don't mean that in yeah, the, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never know. So, no, I think like I think I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it takes away from her talent. I think Billie Eilish is basically the modern day equivalent of like those Italian kids back in the 1500s who they raised to sing opera from a very young age. Oh yeah. The Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. She's essentially 
a eunuch is what I'm calling the pilot. So, <laughs> Billy, if you're listening to this, uh, let's get a hashtag start on Twitter. Ha ha ha. Billy Eilish eunuch question mark. No. Uh, no I actually, how, about I don't, how about we don't start that? Yeah, how about <laughs> then we start our uh, icebreaker question? Oh, I, I feel like the ice has been broken a long time ago. I, I'd like to. I'd like to say I do enjoy her music. I do actually like some of it. But anyway, you I'll, just yeah. think it's fake. No, well, all everything. And technically, everything is fake. Uh, Nothing no, is real. Anyway, um, oh, everything is also real too. Real, just That's electrons. Let's uh, prove it. Yeah, you can't even prove electrons exist. Our better buddies, icebreaker this week. <laughs> what is your favorite salty snack? Pretzels, briskets. Oh wow! That okay. Um, Do you say triscuits? Because that's really good. Yeah, triscuits are dope. Pre- what that's kind of pretzels, Cal? Just regular, like most kind of pretzels. It? Hell yeah! Hell but those yeah. Pre- those pretzels that have like that are like kind of square and rectangular and filled with peanut butter. Those Ooh. are really good. Oh. See, oh, those are those... so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'll eat like a jar of those, like a oh twenty serving God. jar of those in one it's sitting. So bad. Like, you just keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. I was debating between that Pringles and beef jerky, and I, I think I, I gotta give it to the pre- okay. I'm gonna give it to pretzels, but not the peanut butter ones. Okay. There are the like twist pretzels that I don't know. Um, but they're like seasoned with like, uh, I think oh, like shit. a honey mustard seasoning. Or yeah, something. it's, it's like really a salty snack though. If it's honey mustard, yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, well, it's got. I would, salt I on would it. say yes. Yeah, I would call. I would call. Yeah, what are I, what is the cracker? I can't think of it. You said triscuits, and it's trying, and it's it's close to triscuits. Wheat they're thins. like rectangular wheat things. Wheat things. Yeah, which I like wheat a lot. Thins. Wheat thins are also amazing. Those have a lot of salt in Great. Really, the key here is salt and just, like, carbs. Just some sort well, of yeah. wheat. And you're good. Ooh, yeah, salt but you, watermelon. It, it, I don't like watermelon. Really? Oh, I love watermelon. Oh, my God. You it's a kill thing, for watermelon. <laughs> Sprinkle a little salt in your watermelon, and it uh, makes it sweeter. Really? I've never yeah. heard of that before. That's why there's yeah. salted chocolate and salted caramel. Oh, that makes... Well, dude, do you remember that one time where we had... Uh, I will always bring this up. Those cookies? Um, yes. Yeah, yes. I don't remember. Salted, uh, half Nutella, so, half peanut butter or something. Uh, what it was, and Nutella's overrated. Well, <sighs> what it was... I've only had it twice in my life. It wasn't just Nutella. It was a chocolate chip cookie with Nutella inside of it and salt sprinkled uh, on the top. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And we had it These after were... a uh, we had it after a swim team of meat dinner. So these oh are homemade. God. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, dude. See, that, okay, that sounds good. we because we had those spaghetti dinners, and this was different because we had a lot of uh, we have we had a lot of Filipino kids on our teams. So like the Filipino moms got together, and some of the other moms like helped out, and they made like traditional like food um awesome. so basically just like quote-unquote like asian food or whatever but there were like egg rolls and like noodles and it was literally top five meals of my life easily like <laughs> completely blown away like i sports I had, spaghetti dinners were always great oh my god because we had those it for cross country as well and those were always <laughs> so good it's so it's so good it's so decadent like <laughs> Uh, that was one so of my favorite sad. things uh, when I came when I moved back home after college was I still had a sibling on the cross country and track teams, so, so you just tagged along. <laughs> nice. I tagged along. Oh, I didn't even have to tag along because oh. my mom would host. Oh, and my even mom better. makes homemade focaccia bread. That oh, Oof, it's so good. Yeah, that's that's some good shit. <laughs> oh my god, it's oh. so bad for you because it's <laughs> yeah. so like. Yeah. Greasy and cheesy, but it's so yeah, good. And you take what makes mom, it good. Yeah, your mom used to bring it to uh yeah. spaghetti, right? Yeah. And then you I'll take the it. leftover bread and you slice it in half the long way so that you make pizza crusts out of it. It's not perfect. Evil. American American food is so dangerous. It's so 
It's because like weaponized. That's what makes it great. It's so addicting. Like that's the only reason the world hasn't killed us yet is because we're slowly sedating them with McDonald's. Like just slowly but surely, well, we're gonna make everyone slow down. The American, uh, the American market was the test market to ensure it was to be a successful product launch globally. Yeah, that's very true. I I do find that funny. I do think if there's one brand in the entire world that really sums up, like it really personifies United States. Cause I think you could take one brand, one thing product from every country and like sum it up. And it would have to be McDonald's, right? Yep. That's the most American, like in the way they expand their business in the way they make their food, it's like the most American thing ever. Cause it's so shitty, but you're like, this is the best thing ever. I never knew feeling shitty could feel so good. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> That should be their new model. That should be their new model. They get so, so many. At least two billion more served. I mean, they dropped the, the I'm loving it, so. They really? Is that yeah. why I don't see it anymore? Yeah, it's, really. yeah, it's just a da-da-da-da. It's bizarre. It's like the NBC uh, jingle. Okay. That's audio poison, um, now that I think about it. Fuck. Oh, Almost just singing why? little ditties. <laughs> <laughs> We should get them all stuck in pieces. Form a barber, uh, barbershop trio. But uh, yeah, the uh, that none of us can sing uh, or play no, instruments. No, no. Uh, barbershop damn, trio just does not have the same ring to it. It's a barbershop quartet. Well, barbershop quartet is a hive mind. Yeah, that's also <laughs> true. How about a barbershop quintet? That's a, f- f- a f- nice full number. Well, that's at the Five. point where the barbershop quartet ha- is reproducing, uh, <laughs> like single-celled organisms. They eventually You're grow right. a fifth member that breaks off to. That's right. It's a synthesis of the the other four. It's like a, and it needs to go find a new host to uh, to slowly amalgam onto. It finds hey, three other middle-aged men. Yeah. To don striped vests and straw hats. Yeah, and sing novelty songs in uh, four-part harmony. <laughs> yeah. Once the other three middle-aged men have been successfully absorbed into the uh, quartet seed host, uh, they then begin the life anew and form a fifth member to go break off and form its own quartet, and the cycle of life goes on. Continues. Truly one of nature's most fascinating creatures, I would say. (laughs) I loved that Nova special on the (laughs) barbershop. Oh, man, did you ever... Did you guys watch Nova growing up? No. I watched... Nova, Mutual of Omaha's uh, Wildlife or whatever. I would watch that. Um, I, my, my sister and I would watch the new Nova episode every single week. Oh, nice. shit, really? Yeah, we watched it every single week. It was, it was yeah, it was it was good. I love Nova growing up. Because it'd just it be like cool. an hour science program on just some random thing. I it's don't like, remember uh, like any of them. The only one no. I remember was like a special on this like lake in Switzerland. I think it was Switzerland where there was uh, the Germans were working on their atom bomb. I don't know why they were in Switzerland. Um, I think maybe they were just transporting something, but maybe it wasn't Switzerland. But they had like a barge with, I guess it wasn't in Switzerland because they wouldn't be there because it was neutral. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, they had a barge with a bunch of barrels of heavy water in it and the in the barge like sunk and that was one of the main reasons they didn't complete their research wow <laughs> well that's unfortunate and that like won us the war <laughs> nice. <laughs> hell yeah the i still knew. love uh, i love that story i heard i can't remember where who i heard it from maybe it was when we were on uh maybe it was when we were in switzerland but the story about how uh Swiss because they were neutral, they would still take prisoners of war and they wouldn't allow yeah. them to return back yeah. to because returning a prisoner of war is technically like an act of war against the opposing side. Well, it's so, like choosing a side because it's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, yeah. So, like, what they would do is what did Switzerland have? What was the big industry? It was skiing. Chocolate. They would put all of these in a ski German resort, right? and, yeah, American 
POWs in ski resorts and just be like, all right, this is where you guys are going to stay until the war's over, I guess. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. They'd look around and they'd be like, this sucks. I want to be back in the fucking trenches. Okay, but you know there was that one guy who was like, let me out of here. I'm a prisoner. Damn it. I need to go fight for my country. You don't understand. They're putting something in the cocoa. <laughs> it makes me no feel way. good. He There's no way this many women can be that attractive and that athletic. There's no way. <laughs> this is impossible. It's a German did you, did you know that all of Switzerland is rigged to explode? Yes. Yeah, to blow up the mountain passes. Right? Yeah, all so the mountain passes, there. all the bridges, all the tunnels are still rigged with explosives ready on a moment's notice to seal in the country. You're such uh, fucking cowards. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about idiot. cowards? Um. If I'm remembering correctly, also, isn't military service mandatory for like a year? For like yeah, a year it's like a year or two. It's a year or yeah. two of military service. Yeah. And, and then, then like, you. Oh, no, you said. Um, no, you're about to say, you can go. Well, I was just going to say, and then I think you don't get to have any ammo, but you get to keep your gun. Yep. Yep. They give you your gun and you have to keep it. I think they give you like a, cert, a very small, specific amount of ammo. But I could be mistaken on that. Love if they just give you, like, in the other guys, just, like, a little wood gun just to, like, practice. <laughs> They're like, hey, it's like, I lost a fucking arm for you guys. It's like, yeah, that was a training exercise. You're an idiot. Here's a wood gun. And, uh, and just then, give you a rubber band gun. <laughs> the most dangerous weapon in all of Switzerland. <laughs> a rubber band gun. Oh, scary. You'll take some eye out. Yeah, one guy held up an entire province with a rubber band gun. Oh, I love um, those people. Right. Should probably get this thing. Back yeah, on we the track. clearly haven't right. yeah, spoken right. in weeks, considering how off track we are. Our I next know. segment, uh, "Better Buddies Recommend," where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Uh, I got one. Oh, go for it. Oh, yeah. go for All it. right. So I heard some things about this, but I finally watched it. Uh, you may, you probably know about this, RJ. Um, it's a new Amazon show called Invincible. Yep. Yep. It's, have you heard of this, James? I have not, no. So basically, it's a superhero show. Um, and it's animated kind of old school superhero, like early 2000s, mid 2000s style animation. Um, yeah, yeah. And... It's just a superhero show, and it's incredibly violent. Um, basically, it's like you know the boys, right? On Amazon, yeah, oh, it's yeah. kind of that level of violence, but in an animated form. And it's just like if if you had a guy with super strength, and he punched you in the head, what's gonna happen to your head? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So it's not uh, like it's not like it's trying to be edgy like the boys was. It's yeah. just realistic. So if a guy with super strength is starts beating the crap out of you, you're gonna kind of just explode into goo. Um, and it's basically all that like there's very obvious parallels. Like there's a superhero team called the Guardians of the Globe which are pretty much have a one-for-one, like, uh, Justice League basic person who's basically just slightly different, but it's like, all right, well, that's obviously Wonder Woman. That's obviously The Flash. That's obviously Superman. And, like, the the, the Superman-esque character is an alien from another planet who came to Earth, and he has super... So it's, like, it's a lot of, like, your standard superhero stuff, but it's so good. It's it's really funny. Um, the story is great. It's not like a comedy or anything. It, it's got a lot of comedic bits, but it's like an actual drama it's kind a of story. Of story. It is. It is because it's about like this young uh, the kid who's the son of like the Superman uh, character becoming into his powers. And I won't spoil it beyond that because even in the first episode, crazy stuff starts happening. Mm. Um, I had that spoiled for me because that's what drew me into the show. It doesn't ruin the show, but I think it would have been way more enjoyable had I not known anything about that. So I would say 
to people listening, give the first episode a shot and that'll basically determine whether or not you're going to like this, the series. Um, and, uh, there's, it's, there's, there's, um, so there's usually like the episode will end and then there'll be a couple credits and then they go straight into their like end credit scene, but it's like two seconds of credits and then it's a scene. (laughs) Um, and then that scene will be sometimes like another extra minute, minute and a half. Um, but one of the really funny things that they do is that, so, uh, the son's name, he comes up with his superhero name is invincible. Hence why it's called invincible. And from then on the title sequence, they'll just be talking and it might be, and it might be about him or oftentimes it's not. And they'll just be like, man, you know, today I'm real, I'm feeling really, and then it's just a hard cut to the title screen. <laughs> says invincible so anytime someone's about to say the word invincible it just hard cuts to the title scene and that's how it like it'll be like an opening of just like stuff's happening and then for the title scene instead of them just like there's a beat or dramatic thing and then they cut to the title card it'll just be mid-sentence like it cuts out like as someone's talking and about to say the word invincible and then it just said and then it just pops the title card that says invincible it, it gets me every time i love it i really need to sit down and like it'd been on my radar of like oh i i enjoyed the comics for that i should watch that but oh so I, you've read the comics i've read some of them the our high okay. school had a few of them um yeah it's by the same guy that did uh the walking dead yep yeah Superman. yeah oh um, yeah I really want to watch episode one now, though, because there's a comics twist that I know of that now I'm curious, like, how quickly they introduce that, because it's it's a big thing um, that I, I'm not going to spoil it here, obviously. Yeah, I, but... I, I want to ask you vaguely, but I can't even bring up character yeah, names no. without it. Yeah. yeah. I'm um, pretty sure what you're thinking of, RJ, happens the first episode. Okay. That's awesome, though. I'm glad you're enjoying it. No, it's really good. And the cast is awesome. J.K. Simmons is the superhero character. Yeah. Or Superman character. Oh, um, yeah. And then it's got uh, it's got Mark Hamill um, is in there. Here, let me pull up the cast real quick. Because there's a lot of people that whose voices it's like, oh, I know that voice and I just can't place them. But yeah, it's on it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, let's see. It's got Stephen Ewan. Oh, uh, yeah. Sandra O, oh, J.K. Simmons, Zachary Quinto, Gillian Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know that. I yeah, that's about all the names I'm really recognizing. But there's some voices I recognize. Awesome. Uh, oh yeah, Seth Rogen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Clancy Brown. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of like guest characters that are just in there for an episode that are pretty justin roiland oh. uh yeah no i i highly recommend invincible it's still going um i think there's another episode or two uh they're about 40 minute long episodes yeah it's on amazon prime and it's very good oh yeah excellent uh james what do you got <laughs> Um, I'm going to recommend a book I have been reading for the Nerd. past couple of weeks. Thank you. <laughs> Nerd. Yeah. We're talking about superheroes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fucking dork. <laughs> um, oh, I, well, now, now I just, I fucking set the table for this one. Uh, I'm reading the quest of the Holy Grail. Um, because I, I read, uh, I, I'm not into the new superhero stuff. I'm into the really old superhero Get stuff. Out. Actually. Um, no, this book is very, very interesting. Um, it's known for being, obviously, the Quest of the Holy Grail. It is the middle of what is called, like, the Grail series or, like, the, the series of Arthurian legends. So the first uh, mainly focuses on Lancelot, the first book. The second is the Quest of the Holy Grail. And the third is, I think, something to do with, like, Arthur and the kingdom and stuff like that. Um, but this is obviously the most famous one for the most part. And uh, it just deals with the Knights of the Round Table. If you have if you have seen Monty Python, the Holy Grail, you've basically read this book for the most part. Obviously, there are key differences. Uh, but for the most part, it's the same story. Uh, the book follows a bunch of different knights going around uh, ye old Britain 
in the 1200s um, looking for Holy Grail. Um, and it's not just like a night. It's not just like an adventure story. It's also a, a heavily use like uses heavy metaphors and Christian symbolism, Catholic symbolism, as well as like Celtic or um, quote unquote pagan mythology as well. It's a very good example of a story that uses many different kind of threads to tell kind of one tale. So I really enjoyed it uh, so far. Cool. Take questions from from any interested parties or not. If... Um, how's uh, how's Gwen doing? Because the only Arthurian legends I'm aware of are Gwen and the Green Knight. Yes. And... <laughs> uh, Gwen, I haven't. <clears throat> there hasn't been a Gwen section in a while because each of the knights is meant to represent like kind of a part i don't i'm not gonna say of your psyche because they didn't even have that conception in the 1200s oh, false. More, at it. oh that's actually yeah you're actually right it, it, more, yeah, more geek check. Yeah, yeah. well it, they had the word it was like it, they didn't have the idea of psychology really it was more just like the whims of the soul so like each night is supposed to represent like a part of you basically like and Gawain is um very aggressive uh, his biggest fault as like a knight, because the story progresses where there will be scenes where like a knight like Percival will go and uh, go to a castle, almost see the Holy Grail. Uh, he misses it for some reason, or the Grail tells him to go away. Like it literally talks to him and says, "You're not away." Yeah, it's like you're you shouldn't be in this church. You can't be here right now. And Percival is like, "God, gosh darn it, uh, I'm upset," and he takes a nap. And then, like, after these scenes, like, the knight, like, Percival, will, like, run into some random person. Like, a random woman who lives in the woods, or a wandering monk, or just a random person. And they'll be like, what, hail and well met, fellow traveler, do you know what happened right now? Can I tell you my story? And they'll tell him what happened, and the person, the monk, the woman, whoever, will be like, ah, yes, Luckily for you, I'm well-versed in both adventure stories, Christian mythology, and Celtic mythology. I can tell you exactly what this all means. And they'll be like, this symbolizes this, and this symbolizes that. First of all, we'll be like, well, thank God that you came by, or else I wouldn't know what I'm doing. I'm just picturing um, that a there were two conferences in the year 2040 going on. One of physicists experimenting on time travel, and right next door in the other conference room was a bunch of Arthurian legend experts. Yeah, this <laughs> is a it. great yeah. accident <laughs> happened. Oh, oh and it's it just like a it is like a self fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. Yes, yes. I'm useful. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's what makes the book kind of funny and interesting. Is like it's very kind of plainly told because the writer was not very interested in like ornate symbolism. They were more interested in just like getting the christian method message and ethos across i mean to be fair their audience didn't care about symbolism either really no and they wouldn't really have picked up on it they would have known a lot of the more biblical symbolism but the more celtic or kind of adventure story type stuff we would be able to pick out they wouldn't really understand so it is interesting though because that kind of plain description actually sometimes makes scenes very stark and still kind of enjoyable to watch it's to read it's very interesting um but i've enjoyed it a lot i would definitely recommend it for anyone who wants to get into mythology like this is like a big 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 fun like arthurian legend plays a big role in like uh western mythology especially um so if you want to know more about that check out the quest of the holy grail awesome so i've got one mini recommendation and one massive recommendation and by massive i mean it's my main focus uh, mini yeah. recommendation, go catch up on Falcon and the Winter Soldier if you haven't. Oh, yeah. Oof, yeah. I loved some of the, like, symbolism and ideology play that they did in last week's episode. I'm looking forward to see how it ends. Um, My main recommendation this week, though, and I deserve all the hate in the world for this, uh, so I'm ready for it. I'm recommending the movie Lucy from 2014. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the one bad movie you don't like, Calvin? Fair. <laughs> 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 okay. 
Yeah. No. Um, I, I actually have, I've seen part of Lucy. I I uh was like it's made by the same guy who made uh, Valerian, actually. Oh. Oh, is it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I I actually I remember, yeah, Luke Besson made this. Um I didn't see all of Lucy, but I saw part of it. Yeah, what 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 do you think? What did I, you think of it? I enjoyed it. Um, but I also went yeah. into it like knowing a lot of people didn't like it. And yeah. afterwards I like checked the Wikipedia page just to like kind of get a little bit more info and found out, oh, it's a French film that was filmed in English. Like it's not going to be the same as like an American blockbuster. Um, mm-hmm. And Damn. I, so I was a little disappointed in the whole like 10% of your brain thing as a lot of people were. Yeah. Cause I always kind of hoped that it was just like a big misunderstanding, like a big misunderstanding of, they're not saying that we only use 10% of our brain. They're only saying we consciously use 10% of our brain. <laughs> no, they're literally saying we only use 10%. Yeah, <laughs> is like, yeah that, that is like the ultimate like version of that just trope of the whole 10% is that thing. Yeah. Which they had to know, right? Like that has to be the point of the movie. There's no way they didn't know like how on the nose that whole premise well, was. And I, don't know. I don't know. The entire time they just know. say cerebral capacity. Yeah, they got a sci-fi. It up that's a real bit. thin yeah. ice. Um, but Lucy, main character, uh, boyfriend of like a week, suckers her into being a drug mule by delivering okay. a case. The evil Japanese gangster uh, decides, okay, I'm going to continue to use you as a drug mule after killing the boyfriend. Uh, Isn't that Ken Watanabe? Oh. Isn't that Ken Watanabe? I can't remember. All right, I, like that I think up. it might be. I oh, think it Ken might Watanabe. be. Um, and she's like given a passport and gets a bag put over her head to like get put on a plane. Somehow winds up getting locked into a room. Like it was never really clear when she got kidnapped again. But they, she's in a room. They kick her in the stomach. The drugs burst open and like supercharger. And not Ken. Oh. Um, sad. And she, like, begins to f- super soldier it. Um, but this Oh, it's the guy from Old Boy. Sorry, Archie. No, that's all good. Yeah, no way. Um, lots of very interesting, like, art stuff with it of, like, oh, they'll intersplice in nature shots of things, like, at the beginning when she's nervous and, like, the security guards are kind of closing in on her when she's supposed to be delivering a case, like, it's interspaced with gazelle and cheetah and like the cheetah taking down the gazelle. Um, so that was all really neat, fun stuff. And I thought it was kind of neat that like she takes the French policeman along with her for the entire thing. And at one point he's like, okay, but what do you need me? Like, why am, why are you continuing to bring me? You clearly don't need me. You just levitated those dudes to the ceiling. And her only answer is to remind me just like, okay, that's kind of neat. Um, but I, I think one thing I wish they'd done a little bit more with is they introduced this idea early on through Morgan Freeman's professor character or researcher or whatever of like, the cell is, if it's an imperfect environment, immortality. If it's an imperfect environment, it tries to reproduce and pass on its knowledge, which I feel like it like skirted the line of, we need to keep like a PG, PG 13 rating on this thing by passing on the knowledge where she becomes a computer instead of like procreation <laughs> yeah yeah but it, I, it, but that's even ambiguous because it's not that she becomes a computer she becomes just God. everything <laughs> yeah, she becomes I, like she just becomes the universe like part of the universe um, wow i think i enjoyed it i had fun with it um but i think it could be done the same concept could be redone mm-hmm in a more like action flick style americanized where switch it over to like acknowledge right away like no 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 no. it's not 10 percent of your brain it's you have conscious awareness of 10 percent of your brain functions um and then people who like have perfect memory recall have a little bit more conscious awareness of their brain functions and then you the guy your main character gets drug dosed so that they have complete conscious con- like control of their body and then 
do the do some of the similar like oh change your hair like you change your hair or your eye color by altering cells to do things or like i don't know perfect muscle control but none of the like gravity manipulation stuff oh see i think because i agree like doing it differently making it a little more american like have it her toned down a little bit um i also feel like it's really difficult to do an action movie where you're also developing the main character's abilities like their base abilities at the same time um I prefer action movies where the character already kind of I just especially I maybe it's from like super, seeing a lot of superhero movies but I'm past the like past the point of where I want to watch a whole movie of someone like developing their powers you know mm. what I mean like, it's still interesting it, and it, I'm not saying it can't be done in interesting ways but I've seen it so many times where it's like I'm almost at the point where I want to watch somebody who has these things and is kind of like not comfortable but like used to them in some way um dealing with them her her um being at like 10 percent capacity or whatever 15 20 whatever and being detained and her having to like break out of somewhere at the beginning of the film that's a very classic like action style movie or whatever you know you could even yeah, have yeah. her the the french the, the switch out the french police officer for a guard that she makes friends with make the whole movie about her trying to break out of some kind of facility meant to hold her you know that's a very standard like action movie. It's kind of like John McClane Die Hard type stuff. I find that more interesting than like the quasi metaphysical um, action movie that they tried to make. I admire the attempt, but at the same time, I think like you you can only have a premise like that and really do so much with it before it really starts to become like. See, that was one of like I think it was. One movie, one and done. You're good. Don't ever come back to this. And then they're apparently for like three or four years after, people were like, hey, are you making a sequel? And the guy who made it was like, um, no. <laughs> I have nothing. Like, it's done. They did the thing. Yeah. Like, she's not going to get 110%. <laughs> you don't know that. Uh, I'm looking at Luke Besson's filmography, and he's done. A- I've seen a lot more fil- of his films than I realized. I did the Fifth Element. That's the yeah, one that the Fifth Element, of. Lay on um, the Professional, uh, Transporter. I wish we Taken. Gotten- Ooh, Taken. I wish we yeah, got just a little not- bit more of what the world was like after she left, because like they have the drug, they know how to make the drug clearly, because they're like, oh, this is a new thing that's going to hit the market, and like it's going to be amazing for the illegal drug trade and they saw what it did to her like doesn't yeah was that period of time where because there there was lucy and then there was limitless where yeah limitless i was about to say i also can't really rag on rj for liking this film because yeah. of the whole time because i love limitless and that's also yeah. the main plot of that film yeah. limitless is just like lucy is just for it's just a girl for like like limitless is just the dude version and lucy is just the girl lucy takes it to a definite level though because limitless is just that he becomes super genius whereas lucy she develops like god powers yeah she She can see electrical impulses in the air and radio signals yeah Yeah, and she's like telekinesis and all this (laughs) stuff whereas limitless he just like becomes super smart and like rules the stock market yeah <laughs> hell yeah like languages there's uh there's actually this reminds me there's a really good movie with uh with scarlett johansson as well called under the skin i'm not going to talk about it too much since i already did my recommendation but she plays um alien who's going around the british countryside like killing people it's very interesting um wow. i would RJ, I would suggest if you're doing a Scarlett Johansson uh, feature, if you get in the mood for that, because she is a good actor. Watch Lost in Translation. Well, Lost in Translation, and then Under so the Skin. Good. Last weekend, I, I did watch it. Iron Man 2. Hell yeah, all right. That you're already on the road. Have uh, you I seen love... Lost in Translation, RJ? No. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. I Can I say really quick, too? No. I love <laughs> too bad, RJ. Sam Rockwell. In Iron Man 2. I think oh, yeah. he's so oh, he was good. um Austin Hammer. Yeah. He's Hammer. so he's like gotta be one of my favorite actors. I think he's awesome. He's so funny. And he's just so natural too. Like he plays that character 
nearly is pretty good. I loved. So this was only the second time I'd actually seen Iron Man two since it came oh, out. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh shit! Like I didn't see it until it was out on DVD, and my dad like brought it home from the library, and when I was in like eighth grade or whatever. And so this is the second time I've seen the movie. And one of the things wow. I picked up on and absolutely loved was the difference between Tony and Hammer of Tony is um, Tony lives luxuriously, but he has things that he likes. It's this is something I like that is also happens to be expensive and what have you, where mm-hmm. Hammer was trying to live very fancy the butler and the caviar and the table and the drinks and like all the stuff. It was all stuff that was just like trying to be somebody he was. Yeah. It's all very empty. I mean, you could definitely make the argument that like, if we wanted to get uh sociopolitical about it, you could make the argument that Tony represents old money and Justin Hammer represents new money. Like Justin Hammer is almost yeah. supposed to be the, the weapons uh, version of like a tech bro. Yeah, supposed to be a very like superficial like guy who got a lot of money probably when he was very young and never really learned how to mature with it. Whereas like Tony had first time experience watching his dad grapple with like money and the job and stuff like that. So it's an interesting dynamic between the. Oh, oh Iron Man three, I think, is Christmas. Yeah, Iron Man three is Christmas. Yeah, but yeah, because that the one with uh guy pierce well i just yeah. remembered the uh the way hammer treats his like butler dude is horrible but then tony still puts up jarvis's stocking every year oh uh, why didn't he ever make jarvis a body would that just limit him well his name was vision <laughs> <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> yeah um like no i know but i mean like honest before, answer because jarvis originally wasn't smart enough um he wasn't a full ai that was, okay. uh, they talk about it in Age of Ultron when they're like comparing the two AI. Yeah. Jarvis started as just a like uh, schedule, housekeeping. yeah, housekeeping and um, a, a like learning response program, basically just to talk to. Um, basically Siri. Yeah. Okay, interesting. But like a Siri designed specifically to talk and learn from. That just, I don't know why, but this just reminds me of the scene. I, I think that's actually a really good scene. It might be one of my favorite ones out of all the Marvel movies. And it's one that I know people highlight, so it's kind of basic. But the whole sequence where Tony is first experimenting with the Iron Man armor um, back at his home, like yeah. in his lab. Like there's And it's intercut with footage from his like desk cam of him testing out all the different boots and like repulsors and stuff like that. I always thought that was really cool. I was like, this is really fun. I, li- I yeah. like this scene a lot. Because you don't think about that um, too much. But yeah. Yeah. That is really fun. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Our next segment, How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some some comedic advice. Our first three are from with the first question. What sort of gifts should I give friends with expensive tastes when I'm poor? Um... Your just time. steal something up there, just put it in a box, and then say, like, look, I got this for you. There you go. Oh, actually, um, something, uh, actually, no, something that people who have more expensive tastes really like from somebody else, uh, especially if you're kind of like, you know, not as, uh, of as good means, which is totally fine, is if you put your hands together and ask, please, sir, may I have another? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna love it uh their monocles will pop out of their faces um no i'd say i don't know maybe something handmade um even people with expensive tastes like i I would hope enjoy something a bit of a personal touch to it so maybe not even handmade but if you remember them talking about something specific that you could get them within your price point that's what i would say i was gonna say i think sentiment memory trumps all but yeah, that, that really depends. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, if they're your friend, I feel like you would know what they'd like. And then you just the fact that you're a friend giving them something should count for something. I'm going to I'm going to throw out there one experience like taking camping or something. If that's not feasible. <laughs> check them off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, check them off a cliff. Then you don't have to buy them anything. Yeah. If that's not feasible, if that's not feasible, what my family does or did for a few years was at Christmas time, there were a lot of us in the family, so, and, like, kids don't have tons of money, they would send us to Dollar Tree with just enough money to buy one thing for everybody. 
Um, so you had to like think about it a little bit. Like, yeah, it's not going to be, it's literally a dollar. Like it's the cheapest you probably could get besides like a 50 cent pack of gum. Yeah. But you still have to like think about it and be like, okay, is this something I think they would actually want? I think that's really sweet. Our next question. uh, No, James. uh, No, we're moving on. We're moving on. (laughs) Our next question. Would you feel... Would you feel awkward asking a coworker for a ride to the auto mechanic to get your car after work? Depends no. on the coworker. Like, it, did yeah. I just start working there, or is this like a coworker I've never talked to before? Maybe a little bit, but I would hope that if this is someone you work with every day, <laughs> you could at least ask for a ride to the mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would hope so as well. Um, it would be an odd thing to kind of put on somebody. No, I'm just imagining too that maybe somebody asked this question after they did something that was really awkward, and they're like, "Why would it be so awkward?" Uh, why did you slap their ass and tell them to spit my mouth? Why was why was <laughs> the car ride to the mechanic so awkward? I don't get it. Skip the coworker. Don't go for the coworker because the coworker is gonna like you know them probably a little bit, but it's gonna be like, yeah, okay, I guess. What you do is you ask your boss. Ask your boss for a ride to the auto mechanic because then you get FaceTime with your boss and build that bond. Yeah, but that could backfire. No. No. Could backfire. Your boss could be like, you know, my father died in a by giving a <laughs> lie to a coworker. The advocate after work. Um, and you're like, Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And he's like, Don't be, I'm here to fulfill the prophecy. And then you, just <laughs> you know, the uh, the cycle is complete. There we go. The the life yeah. debt has been paid. Yes. <laughs> blood spilled, blood repaid. Yeah. Our third question, probably our uh, last Yahoo. Um, why is it irritating when someone copies you? Why is it irritating when somebody copies you? Why is it irritating when? Why is it? Irritating I was gonna make that joke when you. I wish we could have come up with something better. I know there's something better, but it's, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, it's gonna be more irritating yeah. for those listening than for us. Google gobble one of us. We accept them. Uh, no. Um, in a genuine way, I suppose it's. I don't know. It's probably just because they know that it's like they know it's. It's just an oddly irritating thing. It's. Uh, well, I think part of it is out if you're copying so you. If someone's copying you that much. It's on purpose. It's not like, um, cause like when you hang around a certain group of people amount of time, you pick up each other's mannerisms, right? But yeah. if someone's like copying the way you dress or the things you say, it's so intentional. Like it verbatim mm-hmm. afterwards, or like if it's like we were just doing to James, the same thing yeah. you said immediately after you say it, it's very clearly intentional towards you for some potentially unknown reason. Yeah, that is the difficult thing. Because you're right, there are two different kinds of copying. There's either the copying where you're just repeating back what somebody said. And that is like, that can get annoying because you're just interrupting the flow of like a conversation. And the, and the whole thing for everybody grinds to a halt. Or there is the copying where it's like, they're copying how you dress or how you talk, whatever. Um, and that's more like, that's that one's difficult because sometimes like maybe people don't realize it entirely. And they might just be doing it to kind of like fit in. I know that sounds like very after school, especially, but it is kind of true. Um, well, it's where I picked I, up saying good. 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 Yeah. I mean, like, I copy else on accident. I copy so much. Um, like, I, I'll notice it every time I talk. Like, there's so much stuff. Like, I'll, I'll sound like my parents or my siblings or something I saw on TV. So it's like, it's going to happen anyway. But when it happens very overtly, that's when it's uh incongruous and irritating because it feels disingenuous our next three questions are from the subreddit ask men which i thought would be appropriate because we are men we are men by the loosest definition of the term by the tightest (laughs) definition of the term rj my god my abs say otherwise i a high and tight sir high (laughs) and tight like my pants, like how I like my man, high and tight. <laughs> Our Hell first yeah. question: 
How normal is it to be failing all classes in college, even though you literally study all day and gave up all your free time? It's Ooh. it's not normal, my dude. That's yeah. rough, buddy. Yeah, that like, is rough. I mean, well, it I depends know, what you're going for. I know Mike Rao says work harder, not smarter, but also work smarter. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, may, at the very least, it might just mean you need to think about changing your major. Yeah. Um, at the most, it means that you belong in a sanatorium and you're a useless genetic dead end. Um, wow. That, that those is are two so, extremes. Yeah, exactly. Use one of those to motivate you. Choose wisely. Um, no. I, I mean, it sucks when you're working hard at something and you just can't make any progress. Like, that's a really tough um, situation to be in, especially if it's college where there's kind of a lot of pressure. It's kind of that middle link between high school and the rest of your life in some capacity for a lot of people. So I don't know. I, it might just be some time to get chill, to take a chill day, take a walk around, see what you really want to do. You know? As someone who is studying this and has a slightly unique insight on it, go yes. talk to your professors and your academic advisor. That's literally all they exist to do is help you. They don't want to see you fail. And especially if it, like, I feel like a lot of students feel like that, because they're afraid that like they haven't tried hard enough um and maybe in some way that's true but like if you've been working a lot you're still failing the professors are probably going to want you to talk to them more than almost anybody else because they they don't want to see you like you you know um they do want to see you succeed so yeah and the good ones do if you run into a professor or an academic advisor who is being like blowing you off or being like yeah whatever walk down the hallway and talk like knock on the next door and keep knocking until you find someone because mm-hmm. like it's literally their job to help you yeah, you're there you're you're paying a certain amount of money you should be able to uh you pay their salary <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. you should that doesn't give you total license but you are at liberty with something so you you are you deserve some services next question uh one that i think we'll have some interesting answers to if you were to go on a vacation with your friends, how many days would you do and why? With the further details, I think four to five days is just right. I don't know why, but I feel like once you get to the six to seven days range, that's too much. I think it just depends on what kind of vacation. Because if you're locked in a cabin with the other with your friends for seven days, yeah, someone's dying. But if you're like able to go out and explore and you're not necessarily locked in with each other for seven days and like you can take some breaks, I don't feel like that's too long and i think a week is a good amount of time because there's some trips where you need like two weeks to properly do i mean we spent two weeks together in europe spent three weeks technically yeah i mean Uh, we were those the last 10 days we were rather separated but i would say yeah i would say even for a cabin i guess it really depends like during the quarantine i mean i spent nearly a month with my siblings in a cabin and I, that's different though because that's like family and stuff but i feel like i could stay with like i could, I could belong with you guys for seven days for a week in a cabin i'm not saying it wouldn't get a little potentially James, you and i lived together for two years yeah i think at a certain point it stops being the same space yeah that's also a really good point it's like i think of that especially because th- there's definitely a mindset change where it's like you're staying somewhere for a week. That's not just a vacation. It's like, you got to get ready to live there a little bit, <laughs> like a little bit, you know? So, all right, time to in. this is my new spot. <laughs> all right. You got to sit down, everything. Here we go. Guys, no, this is my chair yeah. for the week. I call it. I, yeah, you got to get your good spot. No, I, I would say seven days. Cause I would think actually sometimes it's good and it sounds really this is like the definition of dysfunction. Sometimes it's good to have some of those things crop up because you'd be surprised as to what like you can work through. Uh, and sometimes it's like cathartic in a way to have like things explode in one way or another and then to like get over it. It's not like it. It's so obviously a vacation or would be better without you're this, saying invite all your friends out into the middle of the woods for a month long death mat psychologically yes i'm not physically i'm not physically interested in a death match Um, yeah (laughs) if there's one thing i've learned you can always trust what calvin is saying so (laughs) exactly i'm going to uh, acquire emissions and the stronger mind will win 
and the other mind Fuck. drops brain dead. <laughs> oh, dude, no. you gotta do if we're fighting, it's gotta be bare knuckle. No. In, in, yeah, no shirts, bare knuckle, no shoes, pants. In a river. That's it. Sure, in a river. But it's gotta be bare knuckle. And if we're doing mind shit, it's gotta be one on one. No, no mind no. stuff. That's lame. <laughs> mind stuff i would say we could have debates we should do what the greeks did we can save a couple days for wrestling we can save a couple days for philosophical debate <laughs> no <laughs> you have, can have your that. philosophical debate while you're wrestling exactly <laughs> actually I think man is inherently good oh god oh god he's in my ass james is actually it's not a pile driver He's whispering about platonic ideals essentially in my ear while he's choking me out. And his other hand is, is somewhere unspeakable. I call it the Aristotle. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I would totally do that. That'd be awesome. Be very, uh, yeah. So, very yeah, uh, fraternal. Get in the right mindset and uh, be aware of what it is you want to do for those that day duration. Yeah, really just plan well. And our last question's a bit of a doozy. Um, what, in your opinion, is the biggest difference between the way men are depicted in media versus how you actually experience? Uh, I knew it was going to be a doozy. I wasn't expecting it to be that heavy. That is a good, no, that is a good question though. I do. I, I want to try and give like a partially genuine answer to this. Um, I think, uh, based on what I actually experienced being a man, uh, I'm going to go with relationships. Like even in media, the like quote unquote losers, still wind up like being able to snag a relationship <laughs> like because it's either a nerd fantasy like whatever yeah. or it's your classic like quote-unquote main mainstream is a bad word for it but mainstream like media of like cowboy movies or gangster movies where like the hero is automatically gonna get the girl and yeah. is your classic like attractive for any and all reasons character so like no matter what you do, there is, I, I don't think there's any real media that is like, hey, it's actually kind of tough to get a relationship. So good luck with that. Yeah. Like even How I Met Your Mother is literally all about how he met the mother of his children. And he goes yeah, through like you... four different relationships. Yeah. Well, it's awkward too, because as a guy, there's a bizarre like social and somewhat biological pressure and almost an expectation that you kind of know what you're doing. It's like, <laughs> no, I fucking don't. Nobody taught me this shit. Like, I think like one one class during fifth grade at my Catholic elementary school taught me all about like <laughs> the female anatomy. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Like, I've got no idea. I had to learn this shit on my own. Um would say fuck this is hard uh i'm trying to decide between two I, w I would i guess like flip a coin yeah let me think here let me think let me think calvin what about you how are you uh i don't know i don't really yeah i don't know you don't want to think about I mean, it I agree with... yeah <laughs> <laughs> i agree with what you were saying i guess i would i would say like, I feel like guy, and I guess this is kind of the way in media everyone is, but I feel like with men, this is especially emphasized where it's like, men always have to be something. They're not allowed to just not just, just exist in some way. Um, like, even, you know, like Don Draper has to be not only like the best ad person ever, he has to be incredibly handsome. He's got to be very well-spoken. He's got to like have a dark side to him. He's got to be all these different things. He can't just be a regular Joe Schmo, like going to fucking work. And even the regular Joe Schmoes in like movies are like funny or they're like, um, I don't know they they're like quirky looking and, and they, or they look odd or, or like a cuteness to them. They it's like, I don't see about a whole... them that makes them a thing. Yeah, it, and it's like they have to be that thing. Like, uh, like characters, men in a comedy film, like have like I, I don't know. And again, it makes sense because it's a comedy movie, and for Don Draper, it makes sense because it's like it's that type of story. But like, just feels like men are expected to constantly be something, like all the time, actively working on something. There, there's like no expectation of rest. Like even in leisure, men have to like go ham. Like, like, or they have to like be 
studying a book studiously, like in their in, you know, in some back library, like they always have to be in an incredibly active presence. They're never allowed like a moment of genuine kind of relaxation of tension from what I've seen. So that's what I would say. Like, I, I do get allowed those things, you know, like there are moments I never see Obi-Wan Kenobi going to the bathroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't. To be fair, you, you never see, see anybody in a film go to a bathroom hard. That's also um, fair. That's also fair. Well, you do. Like there's like there's like occasionally, but very rarely. Unless, yeah, the, it, but not, only if there's like a story beat typically tied to the bathroom scene. Fair. Yeah, and maybe, yeah, and that's that's the thing is like, I wish I would see more men in media who just, and I know the whole point of media is an exaggeration, but I also argue that it can be more than that. So I wish we would see men who were depicted a little more realistically, a little more relaxed and allowed those small kind of liminal moments where they're, they don't have to be something. They can just kind of exist as, as how they are. Um, I guess that's an argument you can make for, like I said, a lot of people in media, but I feel like for me as a, like a guy that, that feels especially like prescient i don't know no i, I think that's um, i think that's pretty good well we want to we, we're, we're pretty on track for time we're, we're only a little yeah. bit over yeah. uh thank you for joining this week fellas glad to have you both back on after a couple weeks off yeah. of course sir always great to be on thank you to the band problem of interest for letting us use their song living in the moment off the album cross off yes cross off yesterday check them out on itunes or spotify they just put out a new cover song so go listen to that we're on itunes and spotify or wherever you get your podcasts if you go to look us up i don't know how you manage to do this but if you go to look us up on your favorite podcasting app and we're not there tell us i don't know how you'll know to tell us but do it um you can reach out to us on social media facebook better buddies twitter at better Budcast. use the hashtag better buddies when you tweet about the show or our Gmail account, betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, hate art, fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, uh, our declaration of love and or war. Uh, if you have a icebreaker question you want us to answer, or if you need advice on something, we'd be more than happy to give it. Last but not least, be a better buddy. That's a fun that's a fun note to get started on. Thanks, James. I'm glad. You're welcome, sir. We'll we'll spin it around with the what is your favorite salty snack question. That pairs well with Civil War trivia, I'm sure. <laughs> Hardtack. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the bit of uh, leather that they would give me to bite down on when they're sawing off all all of my legs, actually. <laughs> it's my favorite salty snack. <laughs> all right, let's get started. <laughs>